Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing expert and consultant. And through this podcast, I'm going to be bringing the human into leadership. We are going to be talking about success and how it depends on healing, connection and better relationships. You'll find a really open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey. We are going to be talking about sustainable employee well-being and how it comes down to human connection because this is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another really exciting episode of the Healed Approach podcast. Now, I am super excited because today I've got Natalia Christina on. Now, Natalia, welcome, Natalia, first of all. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you you for having me on. We've had a few technical problems, but we've got there in the end. Natalia is... You got there in the end. Kind of. Let's see. Hopefully this works out and uh, this is all online at some point. But Natalia is director of the Value Group of Companies and she is also football mad and mad, I would say anyway, (laughs) mum of five. Sorry. (laughs) I think five children. I can't cope with two. But um, yeah, so. I can't cope with five. (laughs) How old are they, Natalia? Um, So my eldest is almost 23 and then my youngest is nine. So I've got I've got two two little, well, not so little, but two female bookends, and I've got three little boys in the middle. So, oh. yeah, I don't know what I was thinking either. I was thinking with an alternate <laughs> body part to my brain, put it that way. <laughs> but I'm sure you wouldn't be without them. <laughs> oh, God, no. Do you know what? Of all the jobs I've had, of all the things that I do in life, of all the things I've achieved, without a doubt, being a mom and those five human beings are just the the best thing that's ever happened to me, the most important thing. They are my world. Everything else just comes under them. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. As much as they annoy the hell out of me and make me cry, <laughs> they are, you know, I think everything we do really is for them, isn't it, fundamentally? Absolutely, um, absolutely. Even just down to the decisions that we make as, as parents, you know, I think we're always thinking, you know, how will this benefit the kids? What will the kids think of this? You know, it's it's just something that's innate within every good parent, I think. Yeah, and I think we do it subconsciously as well when we're yeah. not doing it consciously, definitely. Um, Absolutely. But I guess, you know, I think that's a really important point to make because I do, you know, you're such an inspiration to have, you yeah. know, to, to be juggling, you know, your, your kids, your family life, with business so tell us a bit about your business journey how it started and you know where you're at now feels like a lifetime ago really um my husband was a bricklayer for a local construction company uh when we met um when i when i hunted him down at the park he's a 27 years younger than than i am and um yeah i did i kind of followed him to the toilets and everything it was really embarrassing in hindsight but he was 26 and i was and i was 32 and he was there with his kids and i was there with my kids and we we got chatting and we met and we started dating and stuff and he was a bricklayer like i say and then we got together and we had a couple of children together i'd already got three children at this point and he's he's he was such should i say he is such a good bricklayer and but he's he's not 
he's he's a really intelligent guy and he always puts himself down oh i'm thick i'm like you really aren't thick you know he's not he, he really isn't and he i said we should start our own business i'd had my own businesses before i'd had a wholesale bakery in canada and a oh, restaurant so i'd, I'd been kind of like this entrepreneur that had taken over businesses and started businesses from scratch that turned out to be really successful and profitable so i got the experience of starting my own business and he got the experience of the construction industry so he progressed his way up he was like a site supervisor then he was a site manager then he was a contracts manager for a tier one contractor and i was just at the point where obviously the kids were growing up so there was less of a focus on them and i wanted to kind of focus more on a career again so i was just like let's just let's just do our own thing let's start our own construction company up i'm the risk taker and he's the sensible one and you know i mean i understand he was you know he's the family provider he's he's the man of the house and it it was a big risk so we remortgaged the house for twenty thousand pounds which was a massive deal to us back then you know we weren't we weren't well off uh we were we were you know we struggled we struggled at christmases and things so it was a big deal for us to do that but that was just a little over five years ago and we've never looked back since it's just gone from strength to stretch to strength it's the construction company then turned into a development company where instead of building projects for others we buy our own land and build our own so we've just started doing that and obviously there's the gym that he bought me that i'm spending less and less time in because something has to give you know i can't i'm yeah. trying to juggle so many things and and covid also hit hit that pretty badly we opened and then two weeks later we we had to shut because of the first wave of covid so it was really bad timing for that so the gym has become almost kind of a community hub really doing free classes it turned into a soup kitchen briefly uh, it, it doesn't make any money whatsoever but it's my baby and it's something i always wanted but it's something i always wanted when i didn't have you know all the businesses so that's taken a little bit of a backseat at the moment but that's where we're at life just just tumbles on and progresses and before you know it five years has just gone in the blink of an eye yeah wow i mean i didn't realize that about you know your previous businesses you know i'm, I'm yes, as far as i knew because obviously i've been connected with you for quite a while yes um, yeah. it's the first time we've actually um you know spoken and I, I didn't realize that you'd had that I, I always thought you'd been in construction you know so no, gosh, no. yes and that's, that's all and yeah I guess so it, it was hard for me to kind of learn the construction side because yeah. I didn't know anything about that but I felt that that was why myself and my husband made such a good partnership because he had years in the industry he went straight from school did his bricklaying qualifications and worked his way up which obviously gave him a lot of knowledge and I had the kind of business acumen side. So together, really, it was pretty much a perfect combination. We encompass it all together, but I'm a bit of a control freak and I need to know everything and I want to know everything about my business. So I was like, right, I need to do this course. I need to do this course. I need to do my SMSTS. I need to do my NEBOSH. I want to do everything. I want to know the, the industry inside out because that's the only way that I'm ever going to learn. That does bring me on to a question that I do really want to ask you, because um, I'm, I'm getting involved a little bit in, in the construction industry and in some women in construction groups. So what is it like to be a woman in construction? You know, I think there's a lot of the time there's a lot of stigma around it. There's also a lot of awe around it, I think, as well. So, yeah, what is it like? 
it, it's a difficult question to answer because the, the same as in any other industry, you know, every day is different and it depends who you're interacting with. For the majority, women are still a minority in construction. And I do still have really awkward days and really awkward conversations, which, which saddens me a little bit because we're in the 21st century where women are doing so much, um, you know, maybe a little, little too much in, in certain aspects, but we do so much and we've gained so much respect that when you encounter certain people that don't want to or haven't moved with the times it's really frustrating really really frustrating so for the majority it's okay but th there is still a lot of obstacles that that we do need to overcome as women in construction and i know there'll be people listening to this in construction males who are rolling their eyes but it, it's a sad fact and they may not see it but we as females and i speak to other females in construction we do still see it so how do you see it what what's the main kind of issue that you're facing i guess that we can know enough to offer a, a positive input really is is my take on it just because of agenda i don't think it comes down to anything else because like I've just said, you know, we, we gain the qualifications yeah. to enable us to be in these positions. Sometimes I think oh, it's such a loaded question, isn't it? Sometimes I, I think <laughs> people people kind of do and say things for a laugh. And I don't think there's any malice in it. But after a while, it just kind of wears you. I mean, I'll, I'll have a joke with anybody, as you know, I try and be as humorous as I can and, and have a laugh at every available opportunity. But when it's persistent like that sometimes it just gets you down a little bit like you go on site and you go into a meeting and you're asked if you're the tea lady ha 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 four times in a day and by the end of the day i'm just like oh just laugh just smile you know but it, it does great on me a little bit sometimes yeah it's quite a macho it can be quite a macho industry can't it and yeah very um, much so very much so um and i think that kind of speaks for itself when we look at the statistics around mental health as well in the construction industry but i do think i think it's great that we're seeing more women i mean you know don't get me wrong the, the the roles that women are doing in construction can vary massively but i think you know the fact that we are seeing more women in construction is a positive move forward and i think that they bring an element to construction that's been missing for so long yes um, yeah. you know because i think you know men you know they have a laugh and they have a joke and they say that they can talk but there is still this the, the, there are still so many kind of there is still so much stigma that there are still so yes. many boundaries and you just I mean I was talking to somebody at an event so I go to quite a lot of property and construction events locally and um, I was talking to someone who um, teaches construction at the college and he was just you know he was talking about how somebody that he knows you know killed himself not that long ago and he just said you know you just never would have known it you never would have known no. it was happening no. because they never would have let on and you know and, and often that is the case isn't it yes it is and I think, yeah and i think with that it is a case of educating people to recognize the signs i do think there's a massive piece of work that needs to be done there but it is also mm -hmm. about because i think if we can bring that human element that sense of belonging into construction then people will pick up on these things more you yeah. know you'll begin you, you'll begin to see what's going on around you rather than just having to always put on this kind of you know 
strong boy image. I don't know, whatever, yeah. probably not the right yeah. word. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a fantastic point. Absolutely. Totally, totally agree. You know, but um, do you see yourself in construction kind of for the in the long term? Yeah, I do really. I do. I think because we're, we're so good at it without blowing our own trumpet really because we're so good at it and we've now made that leap into the development side which is where the you know the really decent money is to be made it's just what we what we both do he does yeah. construction i do construction but i do business and always looking at ways for the business to expand and the business to grow that it just makes sense for us to kind of stick to what we know we've had this conversation where we look at other elements within the construction industry. So, for example, the brick, the brick cleaning aspect at the end of a job, we used to we used to kind of um, get someone else to do that. So then we we bought our own equipment and we trained guys up and we started doing that ourselves. And other aspects as well, like scaffolding and things like that, we, we started looking at. But sometimes it's good to expand, but also I think you need to kind of know where not to expand where where you haven't really got a great deal of knowledge i mean anybody can learn anything i know that but when something comes to you like that you know second nature and and it's working sometimes it's like why are we why are we looking to change it or do something else you know yeah yeah that's interesting because i think there is a fine balance to be found between doing things just because we've always done them Mm -hmm. and, and doing things because actually they're working and we need that consistency and we need to carry on with it um yes. i guess I've, I've got two things that i really wanted to kind of go into as well um with you and one of them is is business obviously you've you've kind of had a really successful entrepreneurial journey what what advice would you give to to people kind of on that journey because it's hard out there you know it's really really hard out there and I it's think really tough at the moment <laughs> it is it is but I was oh gosh I was in a a meeting I was in a, a round table the other week and um for um SMEs and I think they were saying something like only 40 percent of businesses you know survive past the five-year mark yeah um, and you know so so kind of what yeah what advice to anyone in the situation i think there's lots of little bits of advice the, the main ones that i have always kind of stuck by that's always worked for me i think one of the main ones is to know your trade i get so many people that kind of pick up on the success that you know that we that we post about and oh you know i i want to start my own i'm a plasterer i want to start my own plastering company or you know i want to get into development you know what what advice do you have and the, i think the most consistent piece of advice that i keep offering people is to know your trade can't emphasize that enough i could never have gone into a business like construction without having um you know my husband's knowledge side because i just didn't know enough and i wouldn't know enough i would yeah. have come unstuck so many times there's only so much that you can learn in a short space of time so know your trade definitely a hundred percent because there'll be ways that you can save money by not having to employ other people for example yeah um, there's there's lots of reasons why you should know your trade inside out um it just stops you from making so many mistakes i think 
that would be my number one my number one uh, piece of advice i guess it, it's hard to, to kind of generalize really yeah um, but that that is the one thing that i do find myself repeating to other people and also making sure that you've got a good customer base before you get started so obviously we had thanks to to kevin we had a lot of contacts in the construction industry and because he was such an easy guy we like chalk and cheese he is like the nicest most down-to-earth person you could ever meet and everybody just loves him when they meet him because he will get on with anybody uh, he knows the right things to say to people and he, he built up really good relationships with contractors managers managing directors of various construction companies over the years so when it came to us starting our own business we knew the trade or he knew the trade and he'd got a really good customer base because he got on with so many people that we could kind of approach people in fact even before we set up ourselves when he said you know i'm thinking of setting up my own business they were like oh yeah let us know you know we'd love to use you because they got on so well with him so i guess that leads to a third point which would be to be personable and if you're not personable yourself employ somebody that is because people sell things and i say this in many an interview many a podcast but people do buy into people they really do if you like somebody and you get on with somebody you would go to them over somebody that you don't like even if they cost more nine times out of ten agree totally agree and i think that's why it's so important to be yourself as well isn't it especially yes. if you're in front of a business you know yes um because i say that you know a lot of people will be like oh why why do you post this why do you put that's another great thing actually but you know why do you post pictures of yourself why do you share that on social media and it's like because i'm my brand <laughs> do you know yes. what i mean Yes, and that's what people struggle to understand, especially on LinkedIn. And I get that LinkedIn is the professional network, you know, this is not Facebook, blah, blah, blah. But you're right, we, we're in an era now where people buy into people as a brand and you've got to show that side of yourself. You've, you've just got, if you show yourself in your entirety, chances are that people will buy into you because they feel that they know you. You don't, yeah. I've seen people that aren't necessarily the nicest people that that kind of do that but because they show every aspect of themselves they'll always find people that that can relate to that and they end up being really successful yeah definitely and it's interesting i think this point that what you said about people struggling on linkedin and um you know it's not facebook or whatever but for me you know business is about people business is about relationships yeah so when people yeah. go oh, this isn't a business platform it's like well how is it you know, business is about getting to know people and trusting people. So for me, you know, sharing personal things and, you know, don't get me wrong, vulnerability, which is, you know, which I'm quite, you know, open about and talk a lot yeah. about. Vulnerability yeah. isn't about sharing every single thing, but it of is course. about, it's about, you know, sharing the things that are true to your values and, and, and what have you. Yeah. Um, and what about being a, a woman in business? Come on, let's get to it. Because, you know, I, you know, I think I'm not going to lie, you know, as much as, you know, we're empowered women, we're strong women, we know what we want. It, it's tough out there as a woman in business and in the corporate space as well, because of the lemon, you know, patriarchy, if you believe in it, which I do. And, you know, and, and the systems and the structures that we're living within. So, yeah. Tell you know, what kind of, how have you found being a woman in business? 
I think if you're a confident person and you are good at what you do and you know what you're talking about, then you won't have any issues. Unfortunately, not everybody is because of because of the things that we've been talking about. You know, patriarchy is very much still everywhere. You know, yeah. sexism is still very much everywhere, as is racism. I'm not playing, you know, the sex card. I'm saying that that minority groups or alternate groups to the norm are still you know under scrutiny a little bit i guess so i don't struggle because for one i'm confident and thick-skinned and for two i know that i'm good at what i do i'm successful so it doesn't really bother me too much but i know that i am probably a, a smaller percentage than you know a lot of women out there they probably don't don't feel that way so it's it's hard for me to kind of give advice because my advice would just be well just be confident you know if you're good at what you do but not everybody can be like that can they really so it's a tough one that is it is tough but i just hope that my aim in my post is is to motivate people to inspire people to be the absolute best version of themselves and that's why i'm always trying to show people that positivity and confidence does get you so far in life there's been times when i when i was younger where i've gone into business meetings where i've not been as confident as i am now and i've sat there and my heart's going 10 to the dozen you know and i'm shaking but i would never ever let it show ever yeah Yeah. and that that's a skill that i think you learn (laughs) as you get older in life yeah i think do you know what and i spoke about this earlier as well because i think sometimes you know we do have to put on a brave face and that is that doesn't mean to say we're not struggling and I think I think there is a fine line between kind of putting on a brave face and getting on with stuff and then mm-hmm. also kind of not being honest because what I mean by this is like I think we should be honest about what you've just said there I think we should be honest about being nervous about getting afraid yeah. of things about having a bad day but then also but you know demonstrate that confidence comes from taking action right confidence just doesn't just land on your lap the confidence has come from you keeping yourself composed and you know keeping in control of those nerves it comes from you know being resilient and getting in check with your emotions Mm -hmm. that you know confidence is just something and, and again confidence for me is dynamic I can wake up one day and be feeling great and confident and and smash my day. And I can wake up the next day feeling like I don't even want to get out of bed because I feel like yeah. I'm a complete imposter syndrome. And, yeah. it, you know, so it's, it's not just something you just suddenly wait to happen, is it? It's something that you're constantly having to, to work on. And I tell you something that's really coming through um, from, from you, for me, is... I feel like for you, you've got this... Obviously, you've got this self-belief that is you know really inspiring um and and like you said knowing your trade knowing what you're doing i think that gives you confidence and self-belief but also as well you have done what what many women don't do or what many women are afraid to do and that is that you've questioned kind of the conditioning you've questioned you know kind of your role in society and you know not 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 felt like you have to do what everyone else says that you need to do if that makes sense Mm -hmm. You know, and you I think take... that's because I'm a very selfish person. I can't believe I've just said that out loud, but I am. I think that is just down to pure selfishness, whether that's a good thing or not. You know, I, I, I've always thought that we've got one life. We need to live it. We need to be happy. We need to do what makes us happy. And that, you know, ultimately is pretty much a selfish viewpoint, really. But I think that is I the reason it. why. 
why is it selfish? No, this is what gets me. I was brought up to, oh, you need to stop being so selfish. You're never going to get anywhere in life. You're so selfish. You're so selfish. And I'm like, look, sod off. As long as my kids are happy and as long as I am selfless enough to make sure that they're okay, I don't give a damn. Yes, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Who else is who else is going to put me first? So yeah. if you think I'm selfish, you're the selfish one, love. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm you're right. Do you know what? I am not selfish. No. Yeah, but there is a fine line, isn't there? There is a there is a fine line. And going back to what you were saying about, you know, being being confident and not being afraid to be afraid. And when you were saying that, I was thinking, do you know what? She's right, because these are the conversations that I have with my children my young children and these are the conversations that i've had with my older children when they were younger exactly the same thing saying it's okay to feel afraid you know it's okay to i've had a really really tough week with my youngest daughter this week uh, she's joined a football a boys football team and she's a tough little cookie she plays on the boys team at school she plays on the girls team she plays up a year she's really really gifted at football and she joined this boys team and she went last week and it was a novelty. It was all new and everything else. So there was like 40 boys there and she's the only girl. And they're the same age as her. So, you know, she's not quite as physically strong or physically gifted as them. So she's she really has to give her A game every week. And she went the first week, two nights, and then we went to go this week and I've got a tummy ache. I thought, mm, I know what that means. I know what that means. That means she's frightened about something. And we got there and she's like, I'm not going on. And I said, why? Because one of the boys said last week that I wasn't very good. And I'm like, right, well, you are going on. You know, take as long as you need, but we are not going home until you've at least tried it. And you go on there and you you use that as ammunition to show that boy that you you do deserve to be there. You have been picked and you 100% deserve to be on that football pitch with him. And she went on. And you know what? I felt how I knew she felt because I've been there in certain situations, you know, social situations we all have over the years. And I felt nervous for it. I felt anxious. I thought I looked at her a couple of times thinking she's just going to walk off. She's going to cry. And you know what? She stuck at it. And I was so, so proud of her. And we went back last night for the second one and she's she's into it and she's absolutely fine. But like you say, you sometimes you you just got to overcome that and it's okay to say do you know what i've overcome real adversity to be here i've overcome my worst fears to be here but we don't do we as adults it's like no i'm fine i'm fine yeah and that's why i did a post today after and it's funny actually because um my um this morning I, was, I had a bit of a meltdown and i cried and i remember my boyfriend rang me and i was like normally i'm like yeah yeah, yeah i'm fine this morning i was like I'm not fine. And I cried and I just thought, and I thought, you know what? I, I am a strong woman. I'm not going to say I'm not, I don't, you know, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, there sometimes we can get in a, a toxic narrative with being a strong woman. And yes. what I mean by that is that we don't always speak out about when we're feeling afraid or we don't want to ask for help because we are this strong woman. But actually, yes. me, strength is being able to do that. Strength is being able to go, do you know what? I'm having a shit day and I just want to cry. You know, I'm not yeah, going to push definitely. you away. I'm going to think I'm weird. And it's the same like I did a post this morning on my social media of saying that I was crying. And I kind of, there was that usual, oh, everyone's going to think I'm weak. Everyone's going to think badly of me. But then I thought, no, you know what I mean? Yes. Actually, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. have done that. A long time ago and i'm stronger now than i ever was so yeah, yeah we need to yeah that's 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 a great point i know when i've posted about mental health things or or something that's 
shouldn't say negative, but, you know, not the usual kind of positive crap that I normally post. And when I've gone to post about it, there's always, even though I always post, there's always that split second, like you've just said, where I think, oh, should I post it? You know, it doesn't put me in a good light, blah, 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 you know, and we, we shouldn't think like that because we all, are, we all are human. We all feel down. We all feel low at some points. And that's why ultimately we need to press that post button to let other people know that life isn't always rosy. And I'm just going to make one point now on what you said, because you're totally right. But only one thing when you said we shouldn't feel like that. No, but we do. And we will. We're human. Okay to feel like that, but it's not okay to let it stop you taking that action. It's not okay to let it stop you making that post, pressing that button. Yeah. You know, it's like going, okay, I do feel like that. And I feel like that because of the way I've been brought up or my conditioning. And it's going to be really, really hard to not feel like that, but I'm not going to let it stop me. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I, you know, I've really, I've, in, I've really enjoyed this conversation and I really hope that we can, you know, continue some of this. And, um, but before we do, before I wrap it up, can you please share with people, because you you know, your social media is, I mean, you've touched on it now already, but it is so inspiring. It's so motivating and positive. And I love watching your journey and I love how real you are. You know, you really have helped me when it comes to being more open and vulnerable on social media. So on that note, please let people know where they can find you and where they can follow you. Um, so it's primarily my LinkedIn, my Facebook. Um, I do get a lot of requests off the back of LinkedIn, but Facebook is kind of like my safe space. It's my friends and family. It's just people I know. So please don't be offended if I don't add you on there. It is just literally like real, a really small private thing. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn, just search for me, Natalia Christina, for the value group of companies. OnlyFans is now gone down to... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. It's like, get on <laughs> Really? Can we just talk about that for a minute? Have we, have we got time yeah, to talk course, about that for a minute? What is, what is with this? I think, right, and this is my, because people say to me, why would blokes pay $9.99 to go and subscribe to something that they can find for free on the internet? I'll tell you why. Because they have bought into that person. And yes. that is why with my ever-aging body and slowly droopy face that I could make a fortune on there because people like me they like who I am it doesn't matter if I've got you know the saggy boobs in the world I'd still have a boatload of subscribers because people buy into me and that is why I think people are so obsessed with OnlyFans because I think it lets them feel like they can get close to people or or get to know people Absolutely. You're, you're spot on. It gives them it gives them some kind of it makes them feel special, doesn't it? Because they have some kind yes. of personal access to you. Yeah. And this goes right back round to what we were talking about earlier in that it's about connection. It's about <laughs> relationships, it's about people buying people and people think yeah. this is the stuff you share on social media. They think that they know you and they think that yes. through OnlyFans, they'd get that little bit closer to you. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah, totally get that. I get. I, I might just download. I might just download a load of pictures off the internet and just set one up and get. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <I've> <laughs> you know what? No judgment here. There are a lot of people making a lot of money out of it. So no, more than know. me. <laughs> so yeah, no, brilliant. Um, do go and follow, please, Natalia, because she she's fantastic. Such a great person to follow. She'll definitely put Thank a smile you. on your face. <laughs> and. 
thank you so much that you know for being here today and for putting up with the technical issues we got there in the end it's um, been great it's been lovely yeah. it's so nice to actually speak to you in person you're my kind of gal we need to go out for a drink let's arrange it oh i'm definitely up for that watch out watch out for that on the social medias <laughs> brilliant okay we'll arrange that when let me just uh, i don't want to be sharing my address and my phone number online so yeah, not a good idea <laughs> thank you so much um and Thanks enjoy, enjoy your weekend yeah you too thank you And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please do like, comment and share with your audience. If you would like to know more about how I am championing and implementing fearless workplace wellbeing, one bold step at a time, then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me, rebecca at rebecca-healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.rebecca-healed.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.